The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello everyone and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on the West Coast in the morning and on the East Coast in the afternoon. It's a nice thing about uh, being national and international. And uh, today we're talking about children and how we can help awaken the brain to transform the life of a child with special needs. My guest is Anat Banyel, and her book is Kids Beyond Limits, Break the Results for Children with Autism, Asperger's, Brain Damage, ADHD, and Undiagnosed Developmental Delays. Annette Banyel was born in Israel and trained by the legendary Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais. Annette Banyel has established an international reputation for her work with children with special needs. She's a clinical psychologist, and she's refined her method for more than 30 years. She runs the Anat Banyel Method Facility in Marin County, California, which draws students and clients from around the world. She's also the author of Move Into Life, and you can log on to her website at Anat, A-N-A-T, Banyel, B-A-N-I-E-L, method.com. Welcome, Anat. Wonderful to be on your show, yes, Patricia. So you. happy to be back. Thank you. Yes, it's been a while. Yes. You know, one of the things you talk about, you have nine steps to help children face these challenges, whether they have autisms or AD&D or ADD or cerebral palsy or other developmental disorders. You can help them, which is amazing, the work that you do. So the first thing you talk about is movement with attention. Tell us about that. Yeah, Uh the, the, the nine essentials uh, that I talk about, they're not, they, they, they are mechanisms that wake up the brain to do what the brain job is, which is to create connections and patterns and, you know, help the child literally make sense of their own body and their world around them. And the very first essential that does that, and it's kind of like the central one, is movement with attention. So first of all, movement... Uh, is life, as my teacher Feldenkrais said, movement without life is unthinkable, and as Einstein said, nothing happens until something moves. Mm-hmm. And But what I've observed uh, uh, working with the children, also working with adults, is when the movement is done uh, uh, automatically, or if the movement is done with a child that has special needs and the therapist or the parent moves them or exercises them, but uh, the child is not paying attention to themselves, to what mm-hmm. they feel, that they're not engaged with their own sensations while they're being moved. There is a very little change uh, or positive change that happens, and actually what tends to happen is that the existing patterns 
tend to get grooved in more deeply. Right. So let me ask you, so how do you work with a child with a disability, a developmental problem, where they're not in touch with their body? How do you help them to get in touch with their body so they can feel it? Yeah, well... It, 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 that that is so. So let me just finish that. W- when the child does feel, pay attention to what's happening, then then the brain grows and changes in a very very rapid rate. And the good news is that the brain is built to do that. Healthy children, typically developing children, do that from birth on all right. the time anyway, right on their own. That's how come they can grow as well and develop so amazingly. And the way the parent can do it is either. And I talk about that in my book. The way you touch the child, the rate at which you move, mm. you even say something as simple as, oh, I'm moving your hand. Is, or ask a question, is your hand moving now? Mm-hmm. Is your leg here? Yes. Oh, what's on your belly? Mm-hmm. Oh, your, your head is now closer to your knee. You know, that is verbal. Then that's with kids that either already follow language, but sometimes just the sounds grab the child's attention to what they're doing, or you you tap lightly on the hand mm-hmm. before you begin moving it. Mm-hmm. So you, parents that put clothes off and on, you know, on their kids, you know, hundreds of times a week, right? You put the shirt on, you take the shirt off. Usually it's done very automatically, quickly, and, you know, somehow trying to put the hand through, and if the arm is a little spastic, it's a little hard. If you just, instead of doing it fast, you slow down the process, that's one of the essentials, Mm -hmm. and you wait for the child to anticipate the movement. That gets the child to begin paying attention, the anticipation. Yeah, you and there's uh, many many different little ways to do it. So the verbal are, cues you're saying verbal cues are very important. Verbal cues, sound cues, beginning and stopping. So for instance, mm-hmm. if you you start putting the I'm just taking this example to put the shirt on the kid, and you begin moving the arm, and the kid is already checking out, right? Then they maybe even start crying because they expect you know they think to go over their head and they don't like it or mm-hmm. what not, you stop. And then you go like, and then you begin again. You don't even have to make uh, talk or you can talk mm-hmm. whether the child understands the language or not. You you um, touch in a way that you, that's a huge way of doing it, is if you are attentive to what you feel, in yourself and in your child, as you move your child, mm-hmm. your child is going to become real attentive to what they feel as mm-hmm. you move them. It's almost so like in a lot of ways, and, and I, I'm using the analogy of working with animals, dogs particularly, you're really training. You're training this child through repetition, through touch, through sound. You're training. I, and I, I, I actually would like to say, I'd like yes and no. I mean, what I'm doing, and here I'd like to emphasize it, you are actually using your own self and your own brain to kind of a, a, a guide the brain of your child mm-hmm. on how to do it. So it's, it's the opposite of repetition. It's more like the way some, like the, the, the horse whisperers, right? Mm-hmm. It's you, you, 
you touch and move the child with your own attentiveness and paying attention to what you feel as you move the child, and it's almost like you model to the child's brain to do it. This is a lot of what I do when I work with the kids, and the better you get at it, the more powerful it impacts the child. I mean, just last week we had a 22-week-old girl that was born under 2 pounds, which mm. is really premature, and and she she's had therapy from early on because she also had torticollis, the people who had their kids have them know what I'm talking about. So she got therapy really early on, and 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 no control of her body. Her arms and legs flail violently, uncontrollably. Mm. Her head bobs around. Her eye, she can only look through the sides of her eyes, not straight front. And by the end of the week, this girl, when I had her leaning against me, could put her hands forward and bring her head forward and lean on her hands and come back. And had mm-hmm. voluntary movement, her brain got completely quiet, and she was, the mother told me, I didn't see it, but she told me spontaneously in the morning, the, the last morning they, they were there, they were, came to us for five days, that she was able, she turned both hands, watch, looking at her palms, Mm. and then turn them back looking. She's 22 months old. It's the first Amazing. time she has any controlled movement at all in her body and specifically also in her hands. That movement with attention, when I started, when I gave her her first session, this girl didn't didn't expect, I mean, she wasn't, She she her body was doing stuff and she wasn't connected, like you said, to her body. And all I did, and I didn't know whether I was going to be able to help her. She said, you know, it was pretty extreme. But within about 15 minutes, it took 15 minutes where I kept moving her and kept getting, doing it in a way that I felt was going on, and then she started mm-hmm. feeling what was going on. Amazing. So, so, so you, can very teach parent, you can teach a parent how to do this for their children, correct? Not, yes. Yes, the parents can do a lot of it at home. I have parents. They can't do what I do. It takes a training program. It takes sure. three years of training. Sure. But they can do a whole, whole lot. I have parents that just watch the YouTubes of my work, you know, they just, mm. and, and they imitate what they see me doing, those short little YouTubes that they, we have all over the map. And they, we get uh, on Facebook, they tell us about outcomes. They, like another girl, well, she was one year old with a breakup plexus injury. It's a, she had partial paralysis to one of her arms. And the mother just imitated the couple of videos she saw online, and the girl started using her arm. That's uh, incredible. In a way she That's never incredible. Used before. One of the things you write about is imagination, is how imagination turns the lights on. How do we help our children, you know, whether they have special needs or not, to develop an imagination? Well, uh, uh, again, one of the things that it's kind of like a secret that I keep towards more at the end of the book, but I'll say it in the front of the interview, is that the nine essentials wake up your child's brain and help it do, you know, differentiate and, and form patterns and integrate in a powerful and successful way. Uh, but the tricky here is that in order to apply the, the essentials on your child, you actually have to apply them on yourself. Mm. So it impacts the, the parents. So imagination... Uh, first of all, when you're talking about, uh, you know, I work with children sometimes as young as a few days old, depending on the condition, a few months old, a few years old. When you're talking about a two-month-old child or or a year-old child, 
the little ones, we're, the imagination is uh, is the responsibility of the adult, yeah. not the child. When you talk about uh, um, the the children, uh, most children have very vivid imagination. Uh, if they don't, uh, sometimes it's due to the way that they're handled. You know, if they've done a lot of repetitious exercises day in, day out, four, six, eight hours a day, it actually deadens uh, the brain, and it's not a good idea to to, to do forceful, overly repetitious mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, you know, that's one of the problems that Ch- Chinese have in their education system as a whole is that they get the way they train them, they find them to end up being very good in math and stuff, but not very creative. So, but but that's kind of a very, you know, broad statement. But the way to, to induce imagination, a place where sometimes it's not working very well in an obvious way is with children on the autism spectrum. They tend mm-hmm. to be very repetitious, you know, and very yeah. kind of... A, uh, do things the same way over and over again and in a limited scope. Uh, and the way I work with it is through the different essentials because always always movement with attention is the first thing. Movement with attention that mm-hmm. gets the brain going and everybody moves one way or another all the time or we'd be dead. So it's right there for us to take advantage of. But once we do that, for example, if a child does a... It, like sometimes they like to watch the same video over and over again. I tell a story about that in my book. And and they speak, you know, they narrate mm-hmm. word to word. Uh, what I start doing is like, for instance, I, I did with this kid is I stopped it, which initially he got agitated. And I said, don't worry, I'll turn it again. And I turned it again. So I started creating some variation in the way he listened to it. Variation. I see. A huge, huge, huge part uh, very, very important. I mean, every essential I'm going to tell you about, I'm going to say it's huge, huge, huge. <laughs> mm. But variation is terribly important because without variation, the brain doesn't have inf- new information. So what happens is that then when I stopped it and I started, so he, 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 he first I had to take it to the beginning. It, it doesn't matter. I played with it and then with, and with him and I kept coming down and, and then I stopped it and then I started asking questions. I said, what do you, it was Thomas the Engine. He had a, this Thomas the Engine video. So I said, what do you think? Do you think Thomas the Engine is going to go to the same place like he always did? Or maybe he's going to, and I don't remember what I said, but I don't know, going to have ice cream or whatever I said. And, and first he was startled, but then, and then I had him answer the question and get playful. And it was unbelievable, the, the changes that came mm-hmm. with that. I, you know, mm-hmm. it was really remarkable. So you ask questions, you play, you, 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 you do gentle changes in the beginning because otherwise if you ask the child to just sit there and visualize, imagine, do, they, they wouldn't even know what you're asking of them. So you, but you can through. Yeah. Yeah, let, let me reintroduce this for those just tuning in. Our guest is Anat Banyal. Her book is Kids Beyond Limits, the Anat Banyal Method for Awakening the Brain and Transforming the Life of Your Child with Special Needs. You know, Annette, there are a lot of parents that are very discouraged. I mean, they try different things, but this seems to be a method of helping any child. Yeah, and the reason is, uh, you know, on one level it can get people to be distrusting because it's like, you know, snake oil that's supposed to fix everything. 
But the reason this act is helpful to pretty much, uh, you know, almost all children depends on the extremity of the condition, but but for for most of the time it's because we are working with the brain. We're not working Mm -hmm. with a condition. The condition Mm -hmm. has impacted the ability of the brain to do its job well. So I we work with uh, uh, communicating with the brain and helping the brain yeah. put it back on track, so to speak. To that's help a great it. way. That's a great way of describing it because I think people get stuck in the in the disability and in the condition. Exactly, and I they forget work, that yeah. the brain is a living function, just like the arm is a, is a function. You know, it's, the brain is. So yeah, another. yeah. But what happens is the brain organizes all of our functioning, like you said, in our actions. So our thinking, our move, organizing movement in the gravitational field, our cognition, our emotions, and it's a process. All children have to grow and evolve that way. I mean, no one is born having it. That's the, very, the most typical thing about human beings is that we are born knowing nothing of what we will be using in the future in terms of voluntary action. So it all has to be formed, and that's where the opportunity is. Because let's say a child is born with something that's not working quite right. The brain is so huge and so plastic, so creative, that it can find alternative ways of doing things. It's not stuck just in a very rigid way of doing. When we focus on the disability, when we focus on the condition, and we try to fight the condition, right? So that let's doesn't say work. It is, we really, uh, very, oftentimes it doesn't work or it works in a very limited way and right. sometimes it actually creates very negative patterns, patterns of what I call patterns of failure. But because we work with the brain and, and another thing that's important for if you're, you know, your listeners, uh, anybody it's relevant for to understand is that the disability somehow interfered with the brain's spontaneous progression like it does with the typically developing children. It can be an an insult to the brain itself like stroke or or it can be a genetic disorder or it can be more an external thing like, uh, you know, damage uh, to, to a nerve in the periphery or a missing limb. Or things like that. I mean, lots of different ways in which children are born with difficulty. And then, of course, you have the whole autism conversation mm-hmm. that no one really, really knows uh, what the causes and what's going on. But there is no question that the brain is hampered in its ability to differentiate and form new patterns in a free and effective way. Yeah, one of the things you talk about in your book is the learning switch how yes. the parent has to be understand that switch in their child's brain to help them open it up <coughs> yes to well, the on position yes yes that is terribly important you see it, i called it a learning switch but obviously there isn't a real switch in the brain that somebody flips on and off but what it mm-hmm. means is that the brain is either in a learning mode or is not in a learning mode so if the if the and it's true for everybody it's true for us and one of the problems for adults is that switches because turns off for years <laughs> and we age mm-hmm. very fast as a result but but with a child if, if so let me give you an example of the switch off let's say the child is in pain they're not going to learn anything new and creative and refined 
Mm-hmm. They're not going to learn. They're, they're not going to understand mathematics if they are suffering from pain, or if they're scared, or if they're tired, or if they're hungry, mm-hmm. because there is a prioritization in the biological system. So we first of all have to just be reasonable, or, or you know, kind of it's, um, common sense, right? So the child, if you, we want the child to learn something, they have to to be uh, comfortable, feel safe. Very, very important. There are certain types of therapy where they do things with children, where they try to have them learn to do things, and the child does not feel safe. All the system is does is goes into a, a self-protection. They, they, they cringe. They get contracted. If they have spasticity, like cerebral palsy, they'll get more spastic rather than less spastic, and, and, and their learning switch it turns off. And when that's done over a period of time, the child loses its inclination to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And then people think that they're not learning because they're not smart or they're so, not learning. Uh, it, I want to tell you just very briefly an example. We had an eight-week-old for the first time with us this week, too, a, a brain damage CP, wheelchair, head, very poor head control, says words occasionally but not in context. And... and you know, the moment I tried to move him, it was obvious that he was frightened because, mm. anyway, he, by the end of the week, he was saying full sentences in context. Mm. We, we didn't even work Amazing. on speech. But, he, but, but, and he was, he's, he, he, he was able, he, he got a sense of his own body and he, and he actually learned to control movement really quickly. Mm-hmm. But what I did with him is, of course, lots of movement with attention, but I took him all the way to a place where I knew he was completely safe, which was lying down on his back. But now how and did you know that? You just know that from years of experience. Oh yeah, that is the, that's my profession. That's what I train people to do. I mean, my practitioners know to do that too. You know, we look at the, I mean, it's very easy. Once you know what you're looking at, you start moving a kid and all the muscles get contracted mm-hmm. and they, you know, they hold their breath and the abdomen gets contracted. You know that they're terrified. Mm-hmm. You just know it. It's just mm-hmm. people overlook it because they try to fix, right. I say in my book, shifting from fixing trying to fix the child, to connecting with the child. Yeah, Brain, and that we have a few minutes left, so I'd like you to, to share some things parents can do to help with that. Instead of fixing, connecting, are there some signs parents can look at and, and, and react differently? Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say to, to, to all parents that you are connecting to your child and you love your child or you won't even be listening more than two seconds to this program. And the depth of the commitment that parents have to their children is really inspiring and moving to me every day. The essentials, each and every one of the essentials will guide the parent to connect with the child and help the the parent and the caretaker, even the professional, to start seeing the child as a whole Intact human being that ha- and see opportunities to facilitate for them a, a, to to be able to do better in areas of their great challenges. One of the great things that I see that happens to parents. So, for instance, when you move the child with attention, you slow down. Mm-hmm. You pay attention to your child's responses to what you do with them. 
You take your child's responses seriously. So if the child responds with fear or with anger, it doesn't mean you back off and you stop interacting with your child. You're not, I'm not advocating being afraid of the child at all. I believe parents are the leaders in the relationship, and they have to take a lot of leadership. But as leaders, to to gather information from the child's reactions to guide you as to what you might want to do differently yes. or next with a child. Right. Very, very important because the child will let you know in their own way. I, I, you know, your child will get happier when you connect with them and provide them more of what they need. Yes. Again, one yeah. of the most common thing we get in our practice is parents say, my kid is so much happier. My kid is happy. wonderful. And then how can people find you? And uh, do you, you, uh, you give trainings? Do you give trainings for parents? What if somebody's across the country? How can they learn about this? Okay, so the, the, first of all, my website, which is uh, anatbanielmethod.com, and I'll mm-hmm. spell it. It's A-N-A-T. B like baby, A-N-I-E-L, method, M like mother, E-T-H-O-D.com. So it's anatbanielmethod.com. Okay. And, and the, you know, links and videos, YouTube, go, just Google anatbaniel, I mean, YouTube, anatbaniel, search, and you'll see lots of videos. I have, of course, Kids Beyond Limits is a wonderful book. It's only, you know, it's under $11 on Amazon, so I think most people can afford it. Oh, and on my website, they can download a couple free chapters from uh, Kids Beyond Limits and three free chapters from Moving to Life and a couple of movement lessons for themselves that they can try. I do offer workshops for parents. My next one is in Esalen in August, the last weekend of August in California. Anybody who's ever wanted to go to California for three days in one of those amazing places, Esalen would be great. Uh, I'll have a, I have workshops in my center. Uh, we're going to post for the fall and early next year in the next few weeks so people could find out. I have free presentations in my center. I, I have DVDs, so for people who are far away and can't do any of all of what I mentioned, I have a two-day workshop that I did for parents and professionals on DVDs that people can order uh, through my website. And uh, I have also other DVDs for parents that they can do for themselves because parents All right. are so very So it's really it's yeah. very accessible. So, folks, really, if you have a child with special needs or for any child, this is a wonderful way to help kids go beyond their limits. That's the name of the book, The Annette Danielle Method for Awakening the Brain and Transforming the Life of a Child with Special Needs, but also for a child that may not have special needs. Absolutely. It's good for all children. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Anat. Thank you so much for having me. I really thank you. Yes. All right. Uh, Stay on the line, please. All right, folks. Remember, you can write to Anat Banyel at anatbanyelmethod.com. Okay. So, Anat, um, tell us again. People can find you on Facebook, correct? very important because Facebook, we have very active parent uh, discussion group, and we post, you know, articles, articles about the brain that parents should hear about, and, and, and parents ask each other questions, they ask us. It's much better than emailing me, actually, is, is, is uh, going through Facebook. Okay, great. Uh, would be wonderful uh, to follow us on Facebook. We, we have a lot of information there for parents. All right. Okay, folks. Uh, log on to Anat, right, Banyel. 
and then they go to Facebook. Yeah. All right. Remember, everyone, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need. And know you can make your dreams come true. You can write to me, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com, and tune in each Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for great guests right here on Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.